Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by the Vice President of the IndyCar Mafia, the Project, Thomas Burington. I didn't see you Thomas. <laughs> you did, you did. It's very <laughs> impressive because a lot of people don't. They try to they try to add extra letters to it or like <laughs> somehow I end up having Brawington or like <laughs> Brulington. It's it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I wanna call you Buerton. I don't know why. Oh no. But then I, I I interviewed Sugar Dunkington last week. I mean I wanted to call him Sugar Dunkington, but it's Dunkington. <laughs> So hard. <laughs> so, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just getting ready for a project in 17 days. 17 days. How exciting! 17 days. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. That's that's how nervous and excited I am about this. Yeah, we're um, we'll talk about project the project card a bit later. Just wanted to get to know you a bit first. So. So, um, first, I just want to say congratulations on finishing above your tag team partner, Eric Eminon, in the PWI 500. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Two years in a row. I'm going to try to make it three this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, as you finished higher than Eric, shouldn't that mean you should take the place as the leader of the IndyCar Mafia? You would think, but uh, he's, very, uh, he's very protective about that spot. <laughs> but you would think that that would be the case. But no, that's fine. I'll, I'll let him have his glory. He can be the leader. <laughs> Well, you should, should at least call an election. <laughs> I'd somehow manage to lose that because he'd give himself two votes. <laughs> well, as he's already president, he gets two votes. <laughs> exactly, he gets the extra vote. <laughs> I said, before we discuss um, the IndyCard Mafia and Project, um, I just wondered, so how did you get into wrestling? Uh, well, I've been a wrestling fan since 1996, and I remember the first time I ever watched uh, professional wrestling was the 1996 Royal Rumble, and oh. the match that like really caught my eye was Goldust versus Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, and, like there was something about Goldust that like I couldn't take my eyes off of, and like he just he en- enthralled me so much, and I was like, I can do this. This is really cool, <laughs> and then. Uh, as I got older, I want to say I was about 11, I saw CM Punk versus Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at an IWA Mid-South show, yeah. and that was my first introduction to the indies, like, oh, there's something besides besides the WWE, I can totally do this. So, you know, time went on, and I turned 17, and I decided to try becoming a professional wrestler. So I went to Chicago Wrestle Factory yeah. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I started my training there. I was there for about a year before I went to the Ace Pro Wrestling School in Union City, New Jersey. And I was there for about a year. And then I graduated back in Philly at the Loco Pro uh, Devastation Wrestling Federation underneath Doc Diamond and Ron Starr in 2010. So I've been working. I've been working since 2010 consistently. Yeah, so who was your favorite? Oh, sorry. So, uh, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? My favorite wrestler growing up was probably Kurt Angle. Yeah, like I loved his intensity. I loved everything about him. He he managed to make me want to watch every match of his. Like obviously, Goldust was was the very first wrestler I was introduced to, but Kurt Angle is really what made me pay attention. Yeah, definitely. I had a very similar thing with Macho Man when I started watching. So. Just couldn't take your eyes off him. So, so is um, Kurt Angle who you're trying to mold your style around when you started wrestling? Or? 
<laughs> when I started wrestling, absolutely. Mm. Um, now, like as as I as I started learning more styles, I became more of a technical kind of like European style. Yeah. So like Nigel McGuinness, Johnny Saint, uh, I started to mold my focus around them. And then I want to say around 2014, so this is now four years into me wrestling, I started doing more of the, I guess you can call it strong style, you know, focusing more on kicks and strikes. Mm. Uh, I watched a lot of Shinsuke Nakamura, I watched a lot of Hiroki Goto, I watched a lot of uh, Minoru Suzuki, the same guys that are, you know, still in the business now, but have managed to evolve and become more than what they were then. And I, I wanted to be just like them. I still want to be like them. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. Like that, that's an ultimate goal of mine. Yeah, I think, oh, I think that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so tell us about some of the gimmicks you've worked on there, then over the years. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so when I started wrestling, I wrestled under the name of Xavier Angelus Fate. Yeah. I was a, I was a avenging archangel <laughs> who had the one goal of destroying anybody in my path who did wrong yeah. to others. I was I was an anti-hero and I hated it. I had these stupid black wings that <laughs> like they were like they were like dollar store wings. Yeah. That broke off like every show, so I had to replace them and after a while I was just like this is not this is not for me. So it went from that to just becoming the weapon to Xavier Fate where I was like my body was a weapon, my strikes, my punches, my kicks, all my my arsenal was a weapon itself mm. and that became me becoming prince xavier fate when i joined the empire faction in dwf loco in 2012 in philadelphia and then 2013 i was the weapon wolf because i love wolves and for some strange reason i grew up my beard and it was like super shaggy yeah. like a wolf's <laughs> mane and that that kind of just stuck and then 2015 i decided to get rid of everything and be myself so I switched to using my real name, Thomas Brewington. And the project was simply because after all those years of doing all these things that didn't work, I realized that that's exactly what I am, a project, a constant work in progress. Mm. So that's kind of where that came from. And now I'm just I'm just the project Thomas Brewington. I also have the, the devil gimmick, but that's just me painted up. And it's, the same, it's essentially the same thing. I'm just angrier and I don't sell a lot. <laughs> How the demon Finbala should be when he paints up, but he's just Finbala painted up. Yeah, essentially, that's exactly how he should be. Yes. That's, I, I, it's like old Kane and the Undertaker with Balor's face paint. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> I, compared to Tomatonga, so many times though, it makes yeah. me sick. <laughs> All right, so you're actually involved in one of the biggest angles of last year in the between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. So tell us about that experience. (laughs) Well, I can tell you one thing. I am really glad that my jaw is going into the Hall of Fame of Goldberg. (laughs) Uh, The bottom part of my jaw is still embedded in his elbow, so I will now be upping my my independent fee for about $600 extra dollars. No, it was was really fun. Yeah. Uh, we We got to the arena. It was actually in where I live now, Buffalo, New York. Um, so I got to the arena and wasn't really sure what they had planned for us. There were a bunch of us. There were maybe maybe 20 extras and only, I want to say, 10 of 
that day. Mm. Um, and it was it was really odd when we found out what we were going to be doing because it kind of just got sprung up on us. We had Paul Heyman come up to us, and no, it was it was Michael Hayes that came up to us with Paul Heyman, telling us that uh, we're going to need a couple of you for a spot to go into the truck and get your uh, get your security shirts. And uh, from there, we were like, oh, okay, well, Heyman was with him. We must have to, like, come down with Brock or something. Mm. <laughs> little, little did we know that there was this whole angle planned with us. And it was super cool. Like, Goldberg is honestly one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of of interacting with. He's honestly so down to earth. And I, I heard a lot of stories um, from his first WWE run where he was hard to work with and he had a chip on his shoulder. But, like, as they've shown in the documentaries um, recently, it wasn't about him, and you can really see that. Like, he really enjoyed being a part of it. He thanked all of us afterwards. You know, he told us, good job. And, of course, one of the kids ended up throwing out Goldberg's shoulder with that clothesline over the top rope. (laughs) Everybody, everybody, all of my friends originally thought it was me because of, the shoulder that it happened on and for the fact that they slowed down the replay of the elbow hitting me yeah. and then the one happened right after everybody thought it was me <laughs> and my solid jaw that injured Goldberg and I'm like oh no why <laughs> but no it was it was really fun and then we got to do um got to do Wilkes-Barre Pennsylvania the next day for Smackdown hmm. and you know I got to meet people like The Undertaker and you know oh. Michael Hayes came up to us and thanked us all again for what we did uh, the night before. It was it was really cool. I enjoyed being a part of that a lot. I, I can't wait to get back. So how, if I get back. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you get involved? Is it just like a message goes out to all indie, indie workers in the area, or do you have an agent that comes through? Or a lot of people don't realize this, but the WWE actually has a recruitment page. I believe it's recruit.wwe.com. And, you know, you fill in all your information, you keep yourself up to date, you know, valid email, uh, up-to-date phone number, stuff like that, up-to-date promo pictures. And then, you know, if you're needed in the areas that you selected that you can work, you know, then they get in contact with you and they'll say, hey, we need you, uh, we're looking for extras for this day, this day, this day, can you, can you make them, tell us what you can make. And then, yeah, it just goes from there. A lot of people don't know this, and it it blew my mind, because, you know, for as many people that watch the product, you know, indie wrestlers and others alike, you think you would, you know, have your finger on the pulse of all things wrestling and the slightest opportunity to happen, but, you know, a lot of people just don't get it. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of, um, because of the 25th anniversary, I've been watching a lot of early stuff. If you go back and watch, see the extras there, it's like D'Lo Brown, there's Gil- Gilberg, um, Scotty Tuhati is a lot there a lot of the time. So if you just see these faces, it's like, they've all got jobs probably through that. So it's probably a good way yeah, of getting into it. Absolutely. You know, people end up going and getting uh, tryouts down at the Performance Center, or they end up working uh, matches, whether it be dark matches or televised matches on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And nobody... Nobody understands how important that is to keep your social presence uh, presence active. They care about that stuff. Keep it clean, keep it active, and you know you'll get noticed. Hopefully, in a good way. Yeah. So whilst doing, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. 
So whilst doing my research, I saw you did a diary for Dropkick Depression. Is that an organisation you're involved with? Uh, Dropkick Depression is owned by my friend Tara Calloway. She's an independent wrestler as well. Yeah. Um, I've been working with Dropkick since pretty much its inception. Um, we're focused on bringing awareness to depression, anxiety, you know, other mental illnesses. And we just want to show people that they're not alone. They're mm. not, you know, they don't have to fight their feelings alone. People care about them. And there's no reason to end your life, you know, thinking that nobody cares. More people care than you probably know. Mm. So that's that's always been the goal of Dropkick Depression. And they recently they recently put together an actual wrestling event in November that I was, I was proud to be a part of the very first match on the very first card. And it it's honestly something that I truly believe in because I I personally suffer with anxiety and depression and I've gone through stages and phases where I felt absolutely hopeless and like I, I couldn't do anything and that nobody cared and it wouldn't matter if I wasn't if I wasn't here. Mm. But you know, things like dropkick, things like you know, my brothers, my family and the Indy Card Mafia you know, knowing, you know, seeing my daughter grow up have really, have really changed my opinion and my thoughts on things. Obviously, you know, I'm a human being and those thoughts will always creep into the back of my head, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm fighting for, as weird as it sounds, I'm fighting for my life. I'm fighting to make my life better, not only for myself, but for those around me. And that's what Dropkick Depression is about. It's about making the world better through love, through loving one another. That sounds like an amazing cause. (laughs) I suffered from anxiety in my early 20s. It just seems like, yeah, it's an amazing cause. I'll I'll include all the links and their Twitter handle and everything in the description below this interview if anybody wants to look them up. But, yeah, it sounds like it's just an amazing cause. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the punk rock supernova Eric Abaddon, the leader of the IndyCard Mafia, the voice of the free world, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. So you're in the tag team, the IndyCard Mafia. Um, could you tell us a bit about the history and uh, maybe how you met Eric? Oh, <laughs> well, um, in 2013, I started working up here in a promotion called Old School Professional Wrestling in Buffalo, New York. Now, originally, I'm from New York City, so it was about six hours for me. On my very first show, I ended up meeting Eric, and we talked we, we talked a lot, but it wasn't about wrestling. No. We just we connected through you know our love of punk rock music, through our love of obscure movie references and <laughs> stuff like that. Like we we clicked on everything that wasn't wrestling, and then it turns out, you know, the next time I was there in December of that same year. You know, we talked more and we realized we have a lot in common wrestling-wise. Like, the people that we grew up idolizing, like the CM Punks, Jeff Hardys, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it just, it really clicked from there. It, like, we, we started off as a joke. Like, we we weren't honestly going to do it because I personally, up until I met Eric, hated tag team wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> because any tag team that I was in previously had bombed horribly. <laughs> like, 
friendships were not able to be repaired. And I, I liked Eric, so I didn't I didn't want to jeopardize that. But he managed to convince me. And uh, the first time we tagged together was February of 2014, I want to say. Yeah, February sounds about right. It was February or March of 2014. And we just clicked from there. And we started, we started putting together you know, moveset combos, and we came up with our finisher, the Flying Bee. And the funny thing about that is, for that entire time, for that entire almost first year that we teamed together, I refused to get gear that matched with his, <laughs> just, in case, just in case something went wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't anything personal. It was just no. I don't want to make you know an emotional and at that point financial investment on something that's not going to last. But he he managed to prove me wrong. So I got to punch him in the throat now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, con- I contacted Eric and he asked me. He told me to ask you about your first road trip together. Oh, what was our first road trip together? <laughs> oh, what was our first road trip together? Was it to Pennsylvania? He didn't mention it. But, uh, <laughs> it was either to Pennsylvania or it was to Indiana. Oh, it was Indiana. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> so, so, it was super early in the morning. And, uh, I hate him so much. It was super early in the morning. And we had to go past... Erie, Pennsylvania, and Erie, Pennsylvania has, I don't know if you guys have them uh, over there, but they're called Krispy Kreme, it's a donut place. Donut place, um, I think we just started getting them over here. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's super good, and I haven't had Krispy Kreme in years, so we, <laughs> we're driving by, and he goes, so let me know when that, when that uh, exit for the Krispy Kreme is coming up, and I'll, go, I'll get over, and I'll go... I don't remember exactly what the exit is. I know it's by, like, a water tower and some power lines. So I look up, and I look over about five minutes after I say that, and I go, Eric, power lines, exit, exit, exit. (laughs) We are on the furthest of the left sides that we can be while the exit is on the right. He just turns around and stares at me and goes, how would you like me to get that? I don't know, just go to the next exit. The next exit isn't for another 20 miles. We were not turning around then, and since then, I cannot live that down. They will not let me live that down. So anytime we see power lines now, that is uh, that is the bane of my existence. So you work all over the eastern United States. Do you have to differ your style of wrestling between state to state, city to city? Oh. Uh, sometimes. Like, we, uh, matter of factly, when we worked in Indiana... Destroying things. Okay. <laughs> well, we worked in Indiana. Uh, they worked more of a slow-paced, like old-school Memphis style. Yeah, is the best way to describe it. It was very slow-paced, very climb, 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 and then you know you get your your good finish. But over here on the East Coast, there's so many different styles and so many different ways to work that we work essentially. TV style, like essentially what you would see in Ring of Honor, mm. where it's just fast-paced sequence, 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 rest spot, sequence, 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 you know, build, 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 finish. And it was very hard the very first time we worked in Indiana because we weren't used to that. Like, we have never encountered anything like that where we 
our style so drastically. And I think the third time, by the third time we worked in Indiana, we finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another time is when we worked in Atlanta uh, for Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. And that was, again, a, a very vast mix of styles. Like, you had the southern style where it was slow pace, but then you also had uh, opponents in the ring with us that were the style that we worked. And we managed to blend them all together, but there haven't been too many other times where we've had to drastically change our style. I, I think it more just matters on fan reactions. It's like, if they're reacting to, you know, the high-paced sequences, sure, give them more of that. Or if, you know, it seems like they're not really getting into it, slow them down, Let, let's get them into it. it it's, been, it's been an experience, though. Eric also asked me to ask you about the story which featured the Eat Sleep Wrestle by John Cosper. <laughs> yeah, Eric needs to uh, stop asking you questions. <laughs> so it was a, it was on a road trip to Pennsylvania, and for some strange reason, everybody else in the car was asleep. I was starting to fall asleep, and I uh, apparently I finally did. So Eric counts to everybody else awake in the car. One, two, three, and slams on the brakes and screams at the top of his lungs, causing me to <laughs> scream at the top of my lungs. And I don't know if you know if this is a term common over there, but I soccer mommed the person sitting next to me. I threw my arm directly across his chest, yeah. <laughs> like trying to protect him. <laughs> I just look up at Eric and I go, oh, you son of a... <laughs> like, it was so bad. And somehow, somehow, three weeks later, that story ended up in a book. I did not give my permission for that. <laughs> I felt used. Wow. I was used for entertainment. <laughs> That's funny. That's, um, so what What are some of your favorite titles you've either currently hold or you've held as part of the Indie Park Card Mafia? Uh, I think... I think the, my favorite belts that we've held have been the NOW Tag Team Championships from uh, Toledo, Ohio, yes. Northwest Wrestling Tag Team Titles. Um, I think collectively, though, I think holding four tag team titles at the same time wow. was probably my favorite moment. We held titles from New York, Rhode Island, uh, Ohio, and I'm missing one. New York, Ohio. New York, Ohio, Rhode Island. Where was the other one? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was the other one. We held the Sanctuary Tyson and at the same time. And that was that was super fun. Like we we invented this do you remember do you remember back in the nineties when Ultimo Dragon held all the belts and he called it Super J Crown? Oh nice, yeah, super yeah. So essentially I started Hashtagging the super the super T crown, the super tag crown, <laughs> all four belts at once, and it was we used it for a while, and we defended all the titles at the same time at one point. I was going to say, did and, you ever come to the ring with all of them on at the same time? Oh yeah, it was super <laughs> fun. But I, I think those are my favorite championship moments. Yo, everybody in the UK, it's your boy, Shook D. I'm coming at you live in living color, surround sound, letting you know that there hasn't been this much mayhem since the Boston Tea Party. And I'm just letting you know that you're listening to Broken But Glorious. 
Right, so now you've got you've got a huge show coming up on February 9th, Project Chapter 4, Winter Warfare, which is main evented by Jimmy Jacobs and Eric Eminon. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, so this is the fourth event for Project Wrestling? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, our very first event was in May of 2016, and that was in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And the main event of that was myself versus Ring of Honor's Brutal Bob Evans. Mm. Versus uh, the Green Machine, Mike Orlando, where Mike Orlando pinned Bob Evans, and honestly, that was probably that was probably one of the most stressful and proudest moments of my life because I finally, yeah, I finally accomplished something that I've been working on at that point for three years. Yeah. Because originally, originally in 2013, I wanted to retire because I felt like I wasn't going anywhere with my career. I wasn't going in the direction I wanted. So I wanted to take a step back out of the ring and, you know, try my hand at promoting. Mm. And then, of course, as fate would have it in 2013, ended up beating Eric. <laughs> you know, my passion came back. But I still wanted to try my hand at promoting. So that's where that's where the whole idea of Project Wrestling being a physical thing came in. Can you actually relax at all during the day? In the lead up to the show, or as soon as it starts, you have to kind of put your trust in these wrestlers you're uh, going to. Not at all, in all <laughs> honesty. I I have been known to stay up the entire night before, like reworking things, making sure I have everything. Um, just you know, making sure over and over and over again that everything is how I want it. You know, from card order to timing mm. to just. You know, it's so stressful, but it's so worth it. I, I'm pretty sure uh, during the last show, Project 3, I drank maybe seven Red Bulls wow. in like a three-hour span just to like, just have some kind of stimulation that wasn't me looking at a notebook forever. Oh, you, wanted, you wake <laughs> up during sure the happens. night because you're going to have a heart attack. I'm drinking that many Red Bulls. It was, it was rough. <laughs> So, so what should fans expect from a project event then? So. Uh, well, with project, what I want to do is I want to showcase the best talent that you might not have heard of. Mm. I want to give guys that have been told no so many times for you know whatever reason, whatever reason it may have been, that are talented, that have you know enormous amounts of drive that are willing to do what is asked of them, that is willing to put their bodies on a line to entertain you, the fans. That is that is my entire goal, is to bring back real professional wrestling, to bring back you know, a renaissance, to bring back a, a feeling that professional wrestling gave me as a kid where I couldn't get enough of it. Mm. I want people to sit there and, you know, constantly be oh well i really can't wait for the next project show i don't want them to just go oh well there's this in town you want to do that no i want them i want them to be excited i want them to to want to be a part of it that's all i've ever wanted with project is to bring back real professional wrestling so is the card pretty much set for february then um minus two changes that i have to make yeah Hmm. it's it's pretty much set in stone. And your, your opponent, um, was it Terrell uh, Kenneth? Terrell Kenneth. Yep. He, lo- he, looks like a, he, he looks like a beast. I, saw, I watched a couple of his 
YouTube videos and the build-up. <laughs> he is a uh, he's a big boy. <laughs> I'm probably gonna end that night concussed, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's all for the wrestles. Now, the funny thing about this match is that my fiance, yeah. my real life fiance, manages both he and myself. Ah. So it's going to be very interesting to see where her where her allegiance is. <laughs> because she comes home with me, but if he's if he's making her more money being being her client, then can I really get upset at that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I truthfully I truthfully am so excited for every match on this card. I I truthfully think that Eric and Jimmy are going to knock it out of the park. I have full faith in Eric's abilities. He has grown enormously in the last four years that I've personally been watching him wrestle. I believe Terrell Kenneth is going to prove to me that he deserves the spots that he's getting and that he truly is the next generation of big men wrestlers. I believe that Mike Orlando and Fox Vineyard are going to continue to prove why they are some of the best talents on the East Coast of the United States. You know, people like Ali Rex and Kennedy Copeland, those two young ladies, man, they are phenomenal talents, and more and more people should be booking them if they aren't already. The Koger brothers, the Main State Posse, two tag teams that are just phenomenal. The Kogers are, are the super creepy monsters under your bed, and the Main State Posse are those all-American fighting boys. Like, yes. you can't get any better than that. And then we have, we have ROH's Brutal Bob and tough Tim Hughes, you know, coming on to Project, but he never turned to Project. They haven't been on a Project card since the very first card in 2016, and I'm super happy that, you know, they're coming on board for this one. So, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm nervous. I'm going to throw up. 17 days? <laughs> 17, 17 days. <laughs> so when you bring in big names, like you've got Jimmy Jacobs on this show, and you're Colin Delaney on the last show, how do you decide who they're wrestling? Uh, honestly, I just tried to figure out who would be the best matchup like I it sounds weird but in my head I usually have an ongoing simulation where where I try to match up body types to skill levels styles and just try to find something that that blends well together like perfect example when putting together Eric and Colin Eric and Colin have known each other for years. Hmm. You know, Colin, Colin watched Eric grow up in the business. And there, since Colin left the WWE, he has put on an exceptional amount of weight and muscle, for that matter. And he and Eric have a similar body style. And I go, well, they can both do, you know, the same type of things. They, they're both very technically sound. And they're both loudmouth and arrogant. <laughs> this could be great. Or another thing from Chapter 3, Terrell Kenneth versus Greg Excellent. Hmm. Greg is super entertaining, super energetic, and so is Terrell Kenneth. Terrell Kenneth, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, is just somebody that you get behind with everything he does. And Greg Excellent is the exact same way. So it was kind of that, that crowd-pleaser match for me. So I, I truthfully feel like my my matchups are <laughs> more fantasy based yeah. than realism, <laughs> but at the same point in time, there's a very high realistic factor to them. Like it's believable wrestling. I'm not gonna sit there and put 
2006 Colin Delaney in the ring against you know Terrell Kenneth, no. and then have and then have you know Colin suplex Terrell Kenneth a billion times. That's not that's not realistic wrestling. I thought he was barely re- not, he was barely recognizable when I saw him in the match against um, Eric Colin Delaney. So, so I, I just remember he's ECW. So different. <laughs> ECW. He's so different. Now. It is fantastic. Like, he's done so much since leaving the WWE to rebuild his career and repackage himself. Mm. And it's, it's done great for him. Like, he's so successful with places like um, AIW and ESW here in Buffalo, New York. Like, it's it's great to see. And it makes me so happy. And I'm glad to call that man a friend. And I couldn't thank him more for what he did for, for Project. So if we stick on the fancy theme... If you could make like a free match Project Mania type of card with like a women's match, a tag team match, and a main event, what type? Of, what would you choose? Hmm. I think for my women's match, I would probably have. Oh no, I can't use her. She's signed now. Do you feel oh, fantasy. Oh, use Candice LeRae. Oh, love Candice She's Ray. signed now. I can't. <laughs> um. Alright, so let's swap out Candice LeRae for Mia Yim. Yeah. So let's say Mia Yim versus... Oh, that's a tough one. Probably probably Soraya Knight. Yeah. I'm not I, I feel Soraya. like her and Soraya Knight would, would be a great match because you know, Mama Knight doesn't take any shit. <laughs> and, and Mia Yim is just fantastic. She always has been. Uh, tag team... I would probably use the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, oh, sorry, oops, Penta El Zero Miedo, and uh, Phoenix yeah. versus, ooh, what would be a, probably the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks? I don't, think, I don't think they count as being signed because they can still work outside ooh, yeah, of Ring of as long as it's not in the United States. So, let's go with the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Hmm. And then for a main event, that's a tough one. There's so many talents that I would love to use. Um, I would probably go. Ooh, this is really tough. <laughs> you can have as many people in as you want to show main event. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna have a a 430 man rumble. <laughs> no, um, I would probably go Tetsuya Naito. Versus Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes simply wow. because I feel like those three men for their respective promotions have done so much. Like Jericho for the WWE legend, Naito yeah. has been in New Japan, you know, and has reinvented himself so many times. And then you have Cody Rhodes, who's truly become himself in Ring of Honor, like past anything that he did previously in the WWE, whether it be Stardust or, you know, Dashing Cody, I truly believe that the Cody Rhodes now is the best Cody Rhodes there's ever been. Mm, I agree. So I, I think I think that would be a fun triple threat. Yeah, I'm new to New Japan, so I put Naito is my favourite at the moment. So. <laughs> Naito is my favourite from New Japan. <laughs> right, so um, before we go, do you, where can people see you in the near future? Uh, in the near future, this Friday... Friday, January 26th in Brockport, New York. I will be at Independent Wrestling Federation's Brockport Brawl 3. Or no, I'm sorry, it is the Beatdown 3. Uh, from the Brockport Elks Lodge, Brockport, New York. 
Uh, the following week, I will be in Toledo, Ohio for Northwest Ohio Wrestling. That's going to be a fun time. Yeah. There's going to be some fun stuff going on there. <laughs> and then, of course, that Friday, Friday, February 9th, Project Wrestling Chapter 4, Winter Warfare, Lanesboro, Massachusetts, from the TIW Arena, uh, arena at the Berkshire Mall. And the main event, Punk Rock Supernova, Eric Eminon versus the zombie princess, Jimmy Jacobs. Will, will it be on I YouTube so I can watch wait. it? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Is it going to be live on Facebook or on YouTube so I can watch it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am probably going to put it on YouTube. If not that day, then the next day. I'm working on something. I'm honestly waiting to hear back on one thing yeah. to see if it's going to be possible for a live stream. But I might I might just spoil the fans and put it up on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live right as it's happening. I, I'm undecided. I'm undecided how I want to attack it. <laughs> oh, so let me know. I'll definitely watch it. I'll stay, I'll stay oh, up yeah, until... Because I'm guessing it'll be on about 2 o'clock in the morning. Bell time is at 7, so... English yeah. time is what? Midnight. 12? Yeah. Midnight, yeah. That's not too bad. But by, by the time Eric and Jimmy are on, it'll probably be around 2. <laughs> I can always set my alarm. Set it so it goes off every 10 minutes if I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip through a little bit. Uh, absolutely, like, I love... I love what you're doing with the podcast. I love what you're doing as far as, you know, supporting independent wrestling. I personally thank you because there's not a lot of people that actually truly understand and appreciate independent wrestling. I'm quite, I am quite new to, to independent, but I love it. Oh, I, I, I barely, I, I recently just watched pay-per-views from WWE. I don't watch the main shows really anymore. I just love what, yeah, watching anything on YouTube. And as part of our mantra when we started, we said we want to support Independent yeah, wrestling. I mean, it works. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy talking to people who and people and the listeners might not know much about. So <laughs> before we go, do you want to promote your social media and then the website where people can get the tickets for the show and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you guys can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash project Brewington. Um, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash PRJCT Brewington. That's B-R-W-I-N-G-T-O-N. I can't spell my own name. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, you can visit Project Wrestling by typing into your Facebook page, your little Facebook search bar, uh, Project Professional Wrestling. Um, same thing with... The Instagram, that's Project Wrestling Official. Uh, and then to buy tickets, uh, there's a link on our Facebook page, but it's Brown Paper Tickets slash Project Wrestling. And uh, uh, brownpapertickets.com slash Project Wrestling. You should be able to find it there. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, yeah just I'll, come on out. Support independent wrestling. Spend your Friday night with us. Let us give you something to come home and talk about your weekend. Like... This is, this is something that professional wrestling and, you know, just life in general needs. Like, just more interactions. Let us be a part of your life. Be a part of ours. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so all the links I'll put in the description below, and I'll put a link to the 
you can go over to our wrestling page on our website. The link, to, I think, the link to the tickets is on there. It's been on there for a while. So, <laughs> so I really enjoyed speaking to you today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. To, oh, it'd be my pleasure, man. I have, enjoyed it too. We could have you and Eric both come on, so we can you could do a bit of a review of the show. Oh, your show might get cancelled at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I are on the same show. We have no filters. This is awful. <laughs> if you get too bad, I can always just cut it out. <laughs> it's not live. <laughs> All right, so thank you for joining so me tonight. Is, there's a chance. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was, it was my pleasure, man. And thank you for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again. So.